You're listening to the Red Diamond Corium, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 51 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, Bob Chichinsky, with my good friend Dog Bark 24. How's it going, man? What's up? It's going pretty good. How are you? Doing good, doing good, and excited to be here. As always, we have got a jam-packed show for you guys this week. Um, we are going all out. It's got, uh, we're talking a class, the freaking Templars. There's going to be all kinds of sh- dog shenanigans, of course. And um, spoiler alert, they are not my favorite. So I will have plenty to talk about as well. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a big episode. And uh, as you guys know, when we talk about classes, it could be, be a packed one so get ready we got plenty to talk about if you love templars like plenty of other people that we heard from on social media about templars then yeah this is uh this is gonna be a episode for you to just chill and be like ah man i love everything that dogged is going on about yeah you know you met a noble when you were streaming, you know, when he was on his Templar, so... That's true, I did meet him, that was so cool. Yeah. Of course he had to be on a Templar, but yeah, that was... (laughs) Yeah, if he was on any other class, you know, it wouldn't have been signed, but because it's a Templar, it's a (laughs) sign. Yeah, I was streaming, and one of the other ESO podcasters just, like, I looked up, and he's just standing in front of me, Noble from Scroll Talk. Uh, I was like, what the heck? I started shield bashing. He's like, "What the heck?" He like had to be his friend. He's like, "Dude, you know what the? It's you." It's like, "Dude, it's you." What the heck? It was, is you know, like one of those crazy occurrences. But, anyways, before I get too deep into just you know us, let me talk about us some more because we have plenty of news to get into, and of course, serial stuff before the meat of our episode. So we want to get right into it, but. We have a review. Dog, can you believe it, man? We got a review. First one of the new year. Yeah, that's awesome. Incredible. Amazing. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been uh, four, three months since we had gotten one. So, you know, it's good. It's good. And this one is, it's actually, it's it's been a few days since we got it. But... All the same. It, it really means a lot to us. Thank you so much. We're going to shout it out right here. Joe Mapa 73 on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Great podcast. I really like the way Bob and Dog mix up news and PvE with PvP topics like quests and dungeon sets and how they relate to both PvE and PvP. Well, Joe Mapa 73 Thank you so freaking much. I super appreciate you taking some time out of your day to go give us a rating, five stars, and uh, leave some words so people could uh, think that we're a real podcast when they go look at things. Thank you very much. And uh, 
really that's just like uh, it's so awesome because that's like what we podcast for that's what we want to talk about is the you know the sets and the pve and the and the in-game stuff you know like so that's really cool so thank you thank you for that yep thank you all right dog we got all kinds of news we are coming into this week i'm dropping this episode on monday so that's a great day right for the ESO community um yeah. and then you know tuesday just gets even better it's just a whole week of awesomeness man like where do we even start well we start with uh you know monday or not monday crap hey what's so great about monday what is monday well, dog, I'll tell you what's important about the 25th is that the Nocturnal Shrikes uh, outfit or whatever is coming back to the crown store for only three days, and it is my favorite outfit, so everyone better get on that. Yeah, I mean, my favorite outfit is locked behind, you know, 1.5 million gold, and it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Gladiator? Yes. I, there was one up for today for one million for like three hours. I went there; it was gone, and they keep popping up, and they 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 go go away, and then someone puts them up for like one point eight, one point nine. Like, no, that's not okay. One point five or nothing. Like, there you go. That's fair. I got my first arena gladiator proof the other day, so I'm well on my way. I mean, I have five, but it's more so like. I don't have the will to do it for 45 days. <laughs> so, yeah. No, no, we can do it. We can reunite your love for PvP, but we'll talk about plenty of PvP coming up. So, what else we got? All right. So, we also have the global reveal event on the 26th at 5 p.m. Eastern. And, you know, with along all the awesomeness of that, you know, global reveal event, you can also get the uh, Arboros crate and, uh, Fury Descent Dragon Frog Pet. So make sure you guys have your Twitch accounts linked over there at uh, elderscrollsonline.com, whatever. If you can't find it, just Google ESO link Twitch account. You will find the way. I swear I've had to do it myself. Um, yeah, make sure it's linked. You will go watch the stream. You'll get a free pet. You'll get a crate. Who knows? As you know, it's awesome. And I hope that anyone that listens to this on Monday, if you haven't gone and entered in the uh, Twitter thing, and I know I'm so sorry for everyone. I know we have a lot of people outside of, you know, North America that listen. I'm sorry that it's only, it's limited to the U S and Canada. I don't know. They don't want to pay shipping. I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, if you're U S or Canada, go enter in that, they have a, a giveaway stuff going on for merch, and I guess they're going to announce the winners during the stream. I don't know. Cool stuff, cool stuff. So we got all that going, and uh, just make sure that you're, you know, you're in it so you get a chance at uh, free stuff and of merch, and you get all your other cool in-game stuff for free just for watching. And that is Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, like Doug said. And then we have the freaking awesomest news of the week. That it's so awesome. I'm going to freaking say it because it's my favorite. Mid-Year Mayhem 
Madness, dog. What is that? I don't know, Bob. What is that? <laughs> what could possibly be mid your madness? Well, it's probably gonna be how mad dog is gonna be <laughs> during these next ten days or eleven. But we have mid year mayhem coming and starting. The official date for it is Thursday, the twenty eighth, just a few days after this episode drops, and the end date might be February 9th if uh, if we were you know to assume. So that is going to be a heck of a time. Double AP, you use your scroll of Pelinol that you could get from the Cyrodiil Gate um, Keeper of your faction. Go over there, do the little ritual, drink the Kool-Aid, join the crew, and then you will be able to get double AP for two hours. You just use the scroll over and over, put it on your slottable wheel, especially if you're in Cyrodiil. Um, Battlegrounds too, you get double AP in there, have fun doing that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of, and if you're thinking, like, what the heck is AP? I don't really play PvP. That is the scoring stuff that you get, the alliance points. When you take a keep, take a uh, kill a player, anything, you get alliance points. In bat- that's in Serial. In Battlegrounds, the end of the game, you get an allotment depending on where your team finishes. So, fun, fun stuff. It's going to be awesome. Uh, there's going to be stuff in the impresario there's going to be there they should have the new whatever you know thing we are going to be able to earn uh that we're probably going to learn about tomorrow so all kinds of cool stuff um yeah i will we'll talk about it more next week clearly because we're it's our going to be our major mayhem episode but yeah it's it's gonna be awesome just get up in there guys come play with us Come, uh, come hit us up. We're going to be in, uh, Cyrodiil or, you know, I don't know how much dog is going to be, but I'm going to be up in there like crazy. Yeah. Remember mid-year mayhem is not just an event for PVP players. It's an event for PVE players or people who don't play PVP, you know, often to get in there and try it out and see if they like it. So be sure to go in there. If you like it. Awesome. You know, PVP always needs more players and, if you don't like it, well, you know, it's not that long, and at least you gave it a try, right? Sometimes you just have to give it the good old college try. Yeah, and I would say, you know, just, like, have patience. Like, in, if you don't go in there and feel like, you know, a god at first, like, you know, it, it takes some practice, but it's, believe me, uh, if you can do, you know, like, pve content you could go do dungeons and veteran dungeons and stuff like that you could be fine in pvp there's people who are not as good at the game as you probably running around in pvp so i'm sure you could find them and take them out at the very least and if not you know you just stick to you know a couple friends and maybe they can take them out right yeah man playing in the group is really fun in pvp and Battlegrounds, you always have them. So so next up, we have the ESO Plus free trial until the 26th, which is, you know, a.k.a. give all the under 300 CP people Lair of Marsalok and get destroyed physically and mentally about playing ESO. And, well, if you're wondering, like, what is this crazy guy you were talking about, right? So I left one Lair of Marsalok, right? Because, you know, I hate that dungeon so much. God. 
it's awful. I hate it. You know, that that, that group was like a bunch of people under CP160 with, I think, one CP200 guy. Only to queue <laughs> up for another one. A completely different group. Pretty sure that first group like just completely disbanded because we couldn't get past the first boss. It was awful. Um, wow. Uh, only to get a completely different group, all also all under 300 CP. Again, I think it's like two were under 160 and one wasn't. Your luck is amazing. Yeah. Really, spe- it speaks volumes. I get this that dungeon so much. But uh, yeah, you know, like I was saying, uh, convinced that either were one or two, both of the DPS were as... Uh, I don't think they'll ever do dungeons again after that dungeon. Like they were so demoralized the like the entire time because you know they weren't prepared and the tank was also getting smashed to pieces as well. And I'm over here kind of staying alive, kind of trying to keep them alive, trying to do some damage, you know, trying to like tank and heal and do stuff when the tank dies and you know, it was awful. We all felt awful. And yeah, bad times all around pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, both of them were under, uh, you know, CP160. They were in that, like, weird phase. I, yeah. Uh, I gave them some tricep food because, you know, luckily that's one of the things that I wanted whenever I was farming CP. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually left the dungeon, got tricep food, gave them it because, you know, like, they needed something to give them, like, 6K health or whatever it was, and that helped a little bit. Uh, the tank was under 270. He's he was two something, and he was he was doing great for like a little while, and then he, I'm assuming he ran out of resources because it's just like with a flip of a switch and like he's dead. And yeah, pretty much the entire time I told them how much I hated that dungeon, but with like you know ten f bombs like after every word, and like I try to reassure them after each word. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, like as we're going through, like I try to reassure him, like, yeah, you know, this is, you know, Lair Marslock. Like, it's the worst dungeon in the game. I hate it so much. And I don't know if it helped or not, but hey, you know, I tried. But you know, this all goes for his like uh, you know. People under CP160 shouldn't be getting random dungeons for queuing up for DLC dungeon. Or, and now let me say that. But really, people under CP160 shouldn't be getting random dungeons as the DLC dungeons, especially anything after the Dragon Bones Dungeon DLC pack. Like all that should be bumped up to, to, to CP160 plus on normal. Or you know, if you want to go in there early, you can always can. You know, you can just travel in. But none of those people queued up for that dungeon. None of us wanted to be there. But yet we were there. Yeah. That was a really long story to get to one point that you were trying to make. But yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, Uh, I had to really, you know, uh, explain, you know, what is that word? I I really need to, you know, describe the frustration and the pain of, uh, that group because well i also felt their pain we all felt their pain and now you felt their pain (laughs) fair enough fair enough and you know i i can understand it's like 
when you're playing at level 45 and 50, you know, even right then, you are not geared up for those kind of things. Like, and it could, like you said, it could be demoralizing. You get a really bad group and there you get kicked. It can, you know, it's like, it's just unnecessary. But at the same time, once you are geared up, those normals can be like freaking a breeze, almost too easy. So, you know. Maybe the balance is right. I don't know. Maybe it's not. I, I don't have that answer. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed the ESO Plus free trial. Uh, did some dungeons. Maybe got some skill lines. Because you could go get the skill lines and they do not turn off after you lose access. I don't know, you can't go, like, progress them, but, you know, you have them there. So, there was that, you know, and that was cool that they did that. And let's uh, let's finish up with the news here, because now you dogged, you've, you know, just gone on and on. But uh, any last uh, hopes and wishes for the uh, Gates of Oblivion reveal this week? Um... I hope, you know, Laron's there and she says that, you know, flesh etch and knocks your tools for the dim-winded. You know, I think well, that would make my uh, 2021. Well, <laughs> I hope you're wrong. <laughs> wow. So All those right. are our hopes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So Let's see how it is. We hope you guys have a great week. There's going to be all kinds of fun stuff going on. And uh, to try and keep things moving along we're gonna get right into the Cyrodiil scores on the pc na stadia na as well side of things over on gray host we have just reset recently 26 days left we've got daggerfall covenant what up in the lead 14.2k we also won the last campaign over there what up um and EP is right behind us. Seven Heart Pact, 11.9K. Old Married Dominion in last, 10.8K. PC Stadia EU got Old Married Dominion in the lead, flipped from last, from worst to first. Uh, 15.1K. Daggerfall Covenant in second, 11.3. Evan Heart Pact in last with 9.9K. So not too much of a division. Like we said, pretty fresh scores and uh brand new campaign so dog how are things looking on xbox all right well for xbox we have dc in first with 58.4k you have ad in second with 51.3k and ep in last with 48.2k and there's 12 days left in these campaigns then for xbox cu you know once again from last place back to first is ep with 62.6k DC in second also with uh, 49k, and AD in last with 41.5k. So, yeah, another DC leading one, and the last place of, you know, the NA is leading the EU, so. Oh, yeah, DC in the lead, oh, yeah. This is my song now for DC leading. I'm going to sing it again right now, because... (laughs) For PlayStation NA, we've got DC in the lead. DC in the lead with 66K. And then we've got Evan Hart Pact coming up behind them with 61K. 
and the All-Mary Dominion in last with 54k. Then on the EU side of things, we've got the All-Mary Dominion once again from worst to first. Every faction, every, every uh, different platform we had the from AD to EU, the worst faction went to first. That's crazy. So All-Mary Dominion leading with 68k, Daggerfall Covenant in second on every EU server. That's interesting. 58.5k, Ebonheart Pact in last 55k. So guys, we're just going to get right through the Cyrodon PvP stuff this week because next week it's freaking mid-year mayhem. I don't know if we're going to do it next week or the week after, depending on the dates, but... uh. Yeah, one of those weeks we got our uh, biannually <laughs> mid-year mayhem because uh, we got two a year. And it's, you know, there's two mid-years, I guess, right? Not really. <laughs> I mean, technically everything in the game happens in the same year. So, therefore, <laughs> it's all, it could, it could be, you know, the same mid-year. That's true. <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, you know, everything is the mid-year. There is no end of the year. <laughs> this is all mid-year. I wish. All right, man. So everyone has been waiting for it, including you yourself. We all know how much you love talking about Templars. So let's uh, let's get right into it. We're talking Templars this week. How, how do you want to start? All right. Well, you know, what's your general general opinions of Templars? Because you know, we all know that you know, my general opinion opinion is you know, Templars are gods, and you know, Templars are awesome. They're the best class. They're the only class that matters. <laughs> they're, they're the only class. Well, <laughs> my opinion about Templars. Oh gosh. Well, when I first started the game, I was always like. Uh, very enticed by seeing the people running around with these like lightning spikes or you know light just powers the spears yeah i was like man that's so cool like i don't have that power because i was a dragon knight but i never really got around to playing a templar till pretty later on in pvp and like under vets but I do remember that the first time I used freaking Radiant Destruction, and I was like, fell in love. It's like, dude, you run around, you know, sending Kamehameha waves to everyone. It was low health. Um, that was super awesome. And there's a lot of things about the Templar that are good, you know, like as I have continued to play them and uh, get better at the game, I've learned more about them. I have been. Uh, the first time I ever got Emperor in Cyrodiil, I was on a Templar, and uh, that was when I met Dogged. I was on. I really like going into the like Undervet uh, campaigns and having like heavy armor and uh, having like way too much health, but still running like magic glyphs and like the magic buff uh, if you need it. Like the magic, you know, uh, Mundestone or the, even the recovery one. But regardless, like making sure you have enough magic, but still being super tanky. And I had never really been a healer. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> but like this super kind of tanky, annoying, like healer. And ends up 
I'm on a Templar, so if you got enough magic, you could still do DPS while healing pretty easily. So I was able to do some damage, heal, like I had a lot of fun, and that's a character I ended up first getting Emperor on. And I was a very powerful Emperor on that character. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, I guess honestly, my like opinion of Templar is is pretty high considering dog plays one at all times and solo my girl also plays one for dps and healing in serial the majority of the time but if you ask the pvp side of me that has to fight templars i'm just gonna get up and walk out now because (laughs) it's the worst feeling ever like it's almost as bad as fighting a sork i think it's equal well, I hate here, them right? both equally. If you fight a shark, a, a shark, <laughs> yes, a shark. <laughs> if you fight a stork, you know a sharknado to death. All right, and you're gonna be shockingly, you know, dead. But if you fight a templar, you know, at least lighten up your day as you get radiant destruction, you know, with light magic. Get it? <laughs> yeah, kind <laughs> of. Makes me sad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, well, uh, anything else you want to get into there before we go into our little break here? Yeah, uh, you know, how many Templar tunes do you have, Bob? Well, I have my one from PvP that I always kept. Goddess Alessia is the character's name, and it's an AD tune from way back in that day. And it's a vampire, I have that. And then I also have my Emperor Templar which was named Blank. And it um, is pretty awesome, too. And then that is it, too. But you're saying that one of your Templars you named is a goddess, which, you know, refers that, you know, Templars are gods or goddesses. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. It's a premonition. <laughs> <laughs> because it fits my opinion perfectly. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. I'm yeah. subconsciously naming it. <laughs> yeah, as for me, you know, I have, uh, well, 16 on PC, 2 on PlayStation, because, you know, I haven't created that army yet, and a whole 14 on Xbox. So that's how we're 30 Templars. And yeah, it's a lot of Templars. <laughs> yeah, you sound pretty proud of it. I mean, if you're going to have an army... You want to have at least an army of like stuff you can control, right? I have my fair amount of like Evanhart spies and Aldemary Dominion spies, so yeah, yeah, fair enough. And Speaking they're all loyal of- to me, so well, you know, it's good, good. And but- speaking of people having Templars, we did post, uh, you know, a bit about. Templars on Twitter here this week and we got some replies and we got some people who love freaking Templars. We got Anxi at Anxi TV. Great streamer. Go check him out. A-N-X-S-Y. I have seven level 50 Templars across two accounts. Easily my favorite class. That's not quite dog level, but that's, that's pretty devote. Yeah, that's a fair number. I mean, 
<laughs> he mean. probably plays. He probably he probably plays other classes too, and I don't. So <laughs> I think no that's fair. <laughs> and then we had Dalatrox comment on it saying, "I started playing ESO as a Templar, and I'm still playing as a Templar. That class is my favorite, and for me, the best class in the game." I'm not saying other classes are bad. Just Templar fits me very good. And hey, I I replied with, you know, it's always nice when you can find, you know, that forever class, right? For you, the one that fits best. Yeah, I didn't start off with the Templar, but, you know, when I switched over, I haven't really switched back to anything else, so. Mm-hmm. And then we had at... 16-bit underscore drifter comment saying it was my number two main, sometimes my main for a long time. Magpar is my favorite DPS class, unbarred, but the sustain is just so abysmal. On a Breton, you need like 10 equilibrium casts just for a parse with full sustain buffs, even worse in raid. Now, this is kind of... That's why I saved this one for last, because it is kind of a common thing that Templars kind of struggle with resources a little bit, right? Yeah, it's because, like, in PvE, like, especially for race, I don't think you're actually supposed to use jabs. Like, you're supposed to, like, use your other AoEs uh, and dots, but... Yeah, jabs really eats up the, the, the sustain, the resources. Yeah, and as awesome as jabs is, it's just... It's awful for, you know, sustain. It's great for PvP and, you know, even dungeons, but when you're doing trials or even tests or even uh, trial dummies, it's awful. Yeah, so maybe that is uh, the best advice a dog could give you there on that one, coming from an experienced Templar. All right, well, that is uh, about our pre- meaty talk uh, and we're going to get into the little middle part of our episode here real quick we wanted to take this middle portion as always to remind you guys if you go check out our show notes you can find links to loot crate where you get 15 percent off your first order and gamefly or if you sign up for one month you can get another month free on us that's two months only 10 bucks all kinds of awesome games you could get and if you do either of those options, you could get kicked back to us here at the Red Diamond Courier. And there's also plenty of other ways we are working on for you to do that as well. But we do have our merch store up at all times, too, where you guys could go get some awesome Red Diamond swag over at uh, Teespring. And the link is in our show notes. I love the Red Diamond merch. I still wear my shirt all the time. Have you got one yet, dog? I'm still waiting on that hoodie. Like, you gotta, you're waiting for the right size, right? <laughs> yeah. There you go. That, it, sometimes it happens. But you guys should go check it out and see what we're talking about and uh, take advantage of the opportunities uh, we're, we're throwing out there for you. And do not forget that a lot of these are part of us being in the one and only oh-so-wildly-popular Robots Radio Podcast Network, which is constantly growing. Plethora of awesome shows. We just added, I think, two um, D&D casts. 
Roll to cast and starter set. Both uh, Dungeons and Dragons cast, and I believe. And um, if uh, all goes well, I'll be playing an advertisement for one of them for you right now. Looking for an RPG podcast that isn't just D&D? Roll to cast is the answer. No, no, wait, sorry. What games have we played so far? Well, we've done Cyberpunk 2020. What does it mean to have a voice? And there's going to be something big coming, Chumba. Hey, if you're listening, I won. I beat you. You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones and... <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam. You can't use those words! He's going to grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch movement. First out of your chair, your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Hope Cthulhu. Told you I had it. Oh, we've all got the creeps going. I love it so oh, much. Right there. Screechy child. <laughs> My favorite daughter. Maybe after what we just seen, we're feeling a bit trigger happy. And the new Cyberpunk Red. Babe, you're good. Good. Better. Thought maybe you might be able to give me a counter Dosfidania. Straight through his neck. I don't see bone either, but I'm not gonna look. My leg's fine. I always knew you wanted to fly, kid. Come find me. Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. A new game every season. Original music. Original stories. Interviews with the creators. And delightful Aussie accents. Listen to us on all good podcatchers. Even support us on Patreon for bonus content. That's Roll to Cast. R-O-L-E. Come discover a new world. All right, so... Here we are. First episode of uh, year two, I guess you could say, since last year, last episode was our uh, year one anniversary. So we're we're growing now, and we're going to talk about dogs' favorite class, the Templars. You guys have heard how we kind of feel about them. Now we're going to get into some of the real meat about this class. Yeah. It'll be great, you know. It'll be great, you know. <laughs> yes, I, I guess I do know, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, at least you guess, right? Sure, yeah. So, to start, we are going to go right into the skill trees of this class. The first one we have... The Adric Spear skill line. Very, very awesome. Awesome skill line we got going on here. For the ultimate of this skill line, you have Radial Sweep, where you swing your Adric Spear around with Holy Vengeance, dealing 1,555 magic damage to all nearby enemies and an additional 777 magic damage every two seconds. For six seconds. You've got two morphs. Empowering Sweep. Which deals physical damage. So this is the Stam morph. Duration is extended for each enemy hit. Grants empower for duration. Then you also have Crescent Sweep. Which deals additional damage to enemies in front of you. And Dog. I know you love this one for a very particular reason. And it's because it's so cheap. Right? Yeah, I think it's probably the cheapest ultimate in the game. Like, Pretty powerful, awesome. and it's constantly up. I mean, I would probably compare this in cost to, like, the Warden's Trees. That's how often I see this thing popping up. It's just like, boom, yeah. boom, boom. I think that's a fair assumption, too. Because I think, I think Warden's Trees actually cost a bit more, but 
whenever you use it, like you can get ulti back. So mm -hmm. and you get ulti for healing, so there's that too. Alright, man. So uh we're gonna trade off here, you're going skill for skill. Alright, but uh you should do the first one. <laughs> oh really? Well I did the ultimate. But I could do the first one too. Yeah, I, I have this, right? <laughs> oh, of course, of course. So for the first skill, we have Puncturing Strikes, where you launch a relentless assault, striking enemies in front of you four times with your Aedric Spear. That's the, that's the jab sound right there. <laughs> The spear deals 298 magic damage to the closest enemy and 114 magic damage to all other enemies. So not only is it a powerful direct attack, but it also is a great AoE as well. Each strike reduces the movement speed of the closest enemy by 40% for one second. Now... You also have two morphs, as always. One is Biting Jabs, converts to a stamina ability. So right there, you know this is going to be weapon damage. And if you're doing a stamp build, Stamplar, this is going to be your bread and butter, especially in PvP. Grants you Major Savagery, which increases your weapon crit. So there you go. Major Savagery is something that can be found a lot of different ways, yes. But... If you could get it from like one of your main skills, that is pretty freaking awesome. And then for the second one, we have Puncturing Sweep, where you heal for 40% of the damage done. So this is amazing for Magplars, because as you spam your jabs, especially in PvP, you're going to get health back the whole time. And it's useful as well in PvE if you could with, uh, you know, withstand the sustain of spamming it a little bit so yeah dog what do you uh what do you what do you think of these uh, little spears here probably one of the most clutch skills right yeah um as for stamplar goes it's like i you know i tried it once and the i, I think i just had a bad like stamina or something because like I try to use biting jabs my spammable, but I just ran out of stamina so fast. And it's something that I think I probably had to like actually work a rotation, a pleasable rotation, and not just like, oh, I'm gonna spam this with only like twenty eight K stamina because because my character sucks. As for a puncturing sweep, yeah, you heal for forty percent of the damage that you do, and if you are attacking like a whole group of ads, it pretty makes you pretty much makes you unkillable as long as you're spamming that. And then for Magplars also, if you have this, it pretty much makes it so that uh as long as you're careful, you can pretty much do almost all like solo content. Like world bosses, a lot of the DLC world bosses, you just have to be careful. So next up we have a piercing javelin. You hurl your spear at an enemy with godlike strength. Healing 492 magic damage and knocking them back 8 meters. This attack ignores the enemy's resistances. And if the description doesn't say enough, you can equip that javelin, can go walk up to the Dwarven Dinosaur Supreme, 
which you know is that huge beetle boss in Markarth's Black Reach area, and throw it at that boss. All right, the boss gets pushed back from that throw. That and you know that might even be more than godlike strength. Like I don't see uh, what is it? Uh, crap. So the sill or Vivek throwing spears and pushing back gigantic be- dwarven beetles. No one sees that. So, yeah. But the uh, first morph for it is the uh, Aurora Javelin. And this deals additional damage based on the distance the spear travels. And then the second morph is Binding Javelin, which converts to stamina. And then this stuns the enemy for longer instead of knocking it back. So it just stuns him and it knocks him down instead of throwing him to places. And, man, Aurora Javelin. The amount of times that I would take that javelin and javelin people off of a cliff or off of a building, off on top of the uh, keep, uh, what is it, Tempest Island, like all those people that would just be hanging out on the ledge, like, up oh, javelin time, time to go throw them all off. And <laughs> it's probably one of my you know, most favorite thing to do. I uh, We have that one clip where like, you know, it's just Bob and me up in a tower. We being chased by eighty. Oh yeah, <laughs> like and, last mid year, I think, or something, dude. Yeah, like they. Oh came. my god! And I think I javelin them off at least twice, like two separate times. That they're like, oh, each let's one. Try it again. <laughs> like, like like the first time was like, oh, you know. Try, try and succeed, right? But, you know, this guy, he just one-shots us because he spears us off, and we die from fall damage. And Yeah. It's it's stuff like that which uh, really makes me like that uh, Aurora Javelin. Yeah. Dog's, Dog's favorite skill. Where I was running through dungeons, he's like, hold on. And I, like, put my skill and go knock these guys off the edge. Hey, what in that uh, unhallowed grave? That was super effective. All right, like we like we died. Like those archers were a problem. I put that on. I just went over there, jabbing them off like a boss, and they died. <laughs> like a boss, <laughs> they stood no good. chance. It's good. It's good, and it's a good technique too. He's not wrong. Like if you guys are doing that first secret boss of unhallowed and trying to knock some or do something with those ads that come up, just knock them off. So, on their next skill, we got Focus Charge. Charge with your Divine Lance to impale an enemy, dealing 492 magic damage. If the enemy is casting, they're interrupted, set off balance, and stunned for three seconds. You've got two morphs, Explosive Charge, which deals damage and interrupts all enemies near the point of impact, and increases the damage dealt. And Toppling Charge, which reads... Always stuns the enemy and sets them off balance, regardless if they are casting. So, yeah. This one is your gap closer as a Templar. It's going to be really handy. Uh, And probably not going to use it too much in PvE. But PvP, it's going to be, yeah, one of your best friends, no doubt. Yeah, the thing with the toppling charge is I remember that one time in... Also, Major Mayhem is when uh, I was chasing after that guy who was mounted and running away from me, and I just uh, gap close to death, pretty much. It's awesome. (laughs) 
is uh, really ridiculous looking, but hey, you know, I got him. He didn't run away. There was no escape. There's only death. By the spear. But uh, yeah, toppling charge is definitely nice because it stuns people, which, you know, it's always nice. Like, there's no, like, you don't have to worry about their casting, whereas explosive charge is uh, really uh, situational. Like, for the most part, the only time where, like, your explosive charge, we can actually stun multiple people in uh, PvP is if, like, a bunch of people are repairing a door. But now that uh, if, like, there's an AoE on the door, you can't even repair the door anyway. So it kind of uh, knocked off that uh, uniqueness that Explosive Charge had. All right, so next up we have Spear Shards. You send your spear into the heavens to bring down a shower of Divine Wrath, dealing 615 magic damage to enemies in the area, and additional 60 magic damage every one second for 10 seconds. An ally near the spear can activate the Blessing Shard synergy, restoring 4k magicka or stamina, whichever the maximum is higher. And then you have Luminous Shards, which the synergy grants additional resources and reduces the cost of ability ranks up. With that one, you also get about 2k more magicka or stamina, whichever you know the higher is, so that's also great. And then you also have the other morph, which is Blazing Spear which increases the damage dealt. And, yeah, in most cases, I mean, you probably want to go with Luminous Shards, even if you're a DPS, because having that synergy give other people resources is just too good to pass up. Like, an extra 2k, like, that could be a full skill for, like, somebody, or it could be, like, life or death for the tank, so... Yeah, if you're a Templar and you are in, you know, a dungeon, this is going to be a real big skill that you're going to want to make sure you have, like, no doubt. The tank is going to love you if you're a healer and you're tossing them shards. And if you're a DPS, you put the shards down on the boss, tank gets them. The other DPS could get some. Like, it's just, it's all so good. And for our next skill, we have the Sun Shield, where you surround yourself with solar rays, granting a damage shield that absorbs up to 2623 damage for 6 seconds. This portion of the ability scales off your max health. Nearby enemies take 615 max magic damage when the shield is activated, and each enemy hit increases the shield strength by 4%. So this is a complex little skill when you activate the shield nearby enemies take damage and each enemy you hit increases the shield strength by four percent now the shield itself scales off your max health so the bigger health build you are the bigger difference this is going to make also, the more things you hit, the bigger the shield's going to be. So, complex little thing. But this is going to be your inherent shield as a Templar, your class shield. We have two morphs. Radiant Ward has reduced cost by 340, and the shield is strengthened further for each enemy hit, up to 9%. Or Blazing Shield. No longer deals damage to enemies on activation. It instead deals damage when the shield expires based on the amount of damage it has absorbed. 
And that's a popular one for PvP, the Blazing Shield build. The build. <laughs> I don't know. The Blazing Shield build. But, yeah, that's a popular one. I've seen people run it for a long time. I've never tried it myself, but I've gotten killed by it. Other than that, I do use Radiant Ward on my, uh, you know, Templar tank. So, yeah. All right. So you want to get into these passives? Yeah. So the first one is Piercing Spear, which increases your crit damage by 10% and increases your damage done to blocking targets by 10%. So if you're a Templar trying to kill a tank, you have uh, some bonuses to that too, you know. Or even just for, like, PvP, you get a lot of players blocking. Yeah. Especially stand builds. And it's inherent increase to your crit damage, which is always nice. Yeah. So then you get Spear Wall, which reads, Gain minor protection for 6 seconds, reducing damage taken by 5%. So, yeah. It gives you a little bit of, you know, not getting killed, which is always nice. Yep, you always like to see it. Unless if you're trying to kill them, then you don't want to see that. You want to see them dead, but you can't. The next one is uh, Burning Light. And this one reads, when you deal damage with an Adric Spear ability four times in rapid succession, you deal 900... You do 900 physical damage or 480 magic damage to your target, whichever is higher. And they actually recently changed this because it used to be a percent chance from any attack that you did would have like a decent amount of damage, probably like 2k or so by that standards. But now it's like, hey, if you use jabs or sweeps, guess what? You get even more damage. But you also get extra damage with shards, too, if you have that on an AoE. But, yeah. Well, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that, that was one of the more interesting changes that I thought. Because it's like, you re- like as a Templar, I know that you really don't need to buff jab- jabs or sweeps, you know. And for them to do that was just crazy. Yeah. And it kind of sucks that the physical damage is higher. By such a drastic amount, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's probably because you have more uh, physical damage or more weapon damage by yeah. proxy. So. Yeah, that's true. All right, and then our last passive is Balanced Warrior increases your weapon damage by 6% and spell resistance by 2640. That's awesome. Both of those things very important. Weapon damage and spell resistance. Make sure you max them all out. Always for your class passives. And with that, we're going to move right into our second skill tree of the uh, Templar class here. Dawn's Wrath. Alright, so for this ultimate, you have Nova. Call down a fragment of the sun, dealing 777 magic damage every one second for eight seconds to enemies in the area and afflicting them with major maim, reducing their damage done by 10%. An ally near the fragment can activate the supernova synergy 
dealing 1745 magic damage to all enemies in the area and stunning them for two and a half seconds. And then the uh, first morph is Solar Prison, and the synergy deals more damage and stuns for longer. And then you have Solar Disturbance, which uh, main stays on enemies after leaving the area. Man, this is an awesome skill, dude. I, I love <laughs> hitting that freaking supernova, just like that gravity crash. Like, just like, oh, man. And like, that's just being, you know, accomplice to the Templar. Like, man, it's a good one. It's a great ultimate. And it's, it's from base game way back in the day. It's like one of the probably the most rewarding ultimates from the early days. Yeah, uh, on PC, like, the the best thing about this ultimate is the synergy. The worst thing about this ultimate when you're pugging is the synergy. Because especially if you pull, like, I'll do big pulls, like, you know, when you're in that spindle clutch one area, you'll pull that first boss, and the next group of ads, the second boss, and the last group of ads, you pull them all in there, you drop down that uh, uh, solar prison, and if no one hits that synergy... Then no one gets stunned and you're just sitting there and like, well, I'm alive because, you know, I have jabs, but all my friends are dead because they didn't activate the synergy to stun everyone, which gives them all like two seconds of like heals and two seconds for them for all the enemies to be dead because, you know, Gravity Crush would take out about half their health. If not all their health, you know, depending on depending on if it crit or not. But of course. And, you know, on top of, like, AoE and, you know, jabs. But, yeah, I definitely like Solar Prison. I think Solar Prison's also used a lot more, especially as soon as Harmony came, came became a thing. Even though Harmony did get nerfed, but people still run it. So. Yeah. It, it got nerfed pretty hard. But still a great ultimate. So the first active skill we got going on in the Dontra skill line, we have Sunfire. Where you blast an enemy with a charge of radiant heat, dealing 410 flame damage and an additional 820 flame damage over 10 seconds, which is a, you know, ticking once a second to for 10 times. Upon activation, you gain major prophecy, increasing your spell critical rating by 2629. Major prophecy, always a good thing to have. Sun's Fire is a pretty decent skill to be able to get it with. For the first morph, the damage over time lasts for 14 seconds. So that's always nice instead of 10 seconds, as well as Major Prophecy. Then we have Reflective Light, which splits the projectile, allowing it to affect two additional nearby enemies. Briefly snares enemies hit. And this is probably, I feel like, this is the one I always chose. So I don't know if it's a more popular one, but I liked how it would hit additional enemies. Um, personally, it's like pretty powerful little spammable. You chuck over there and, you know, you get a good buff from it. Yeah, I always go with Vampire's Bane just because it makes the uh, buffs last longer in the dot. But, uh, yeah, I think Reflective Light is definitely better for PvP because... Well, I mean, snaring. Snaring is like the best way to stop an enemy because, like, the uh, cooldown on snares is just like three seconds or something ridiculous. So maybe five, but yeah. 
Maybe five. Either way, you know, it's short, right? By the time that, you, you know, one snare ends, like, you can easily be snared again. All right, so the next one that we have is Solar Flare. And this reads, Conjure a ball of solar energy to heave at an enemy dealing 1,000 magic damage. Also grants you in power for 3 seconds, increasing the damage of your light and heavy attacks by 40%. And then the first more for this is Dark Flare, which applies major defile to the target and nearby enemies, which reduces their healing received. And this one's a pretty good spammable, especially for PvP, and you want that nice long range, I'd say. And when it's not as, you know, OP as Snipe is, but it's up there. Yeah, it's a great skill, honestly. Yeah. And then your other one is uh, Solar Barrage, which steals damage in multiple blasts around you instead of at a single target. And you also get Empower throughout the entire time. I think it's like about, about 10 seconds, maybe 8. Yeah, I've always preferred Dark Flare because it's just so powerful, man. Yeah, Solar Barrage lasts for 8 seconds, and it's great for PvE. Yeah, Dark Flare is definitely, I would say, the PvP version. That was always one of my favorite things as a Templar to be in PvP. It's like chucking Dark Flare at people. Yeah, the animation is also great because you like actually throw the ball out. Yeah, very true. So then for our sec, third, fourth, third active skill of this line, we have Backlash. And if you ever had this huge glowing light put on you in PvP, this is it. Summon an expanding beam of pure sunlight to doom an enemy. Like, look at this wordology. It's just beautiful. Dealing 410 magic damage to them and copying all their damage taken from you for six seconds and releasing 20% of it as additional magic damage like out when the, when it's done the maximum copy damage is 4774 and as you keep leveling this thing up it just goes higher and higher and higher so yeah you can really make backlash hurt if you use it on people right and then for the morse we've got purifying light when the effect ends, a pool of sunlight remains attached to the enemy, healing nearby alleys. Or you also have the power of the light, which converts into a stamina ability and deals physical damage. Also applies minor breach to the enemy, reducing their physical and spell resistance. So uh, power of the light used to be really important because it... Uh used to be the only way to, that you applied one of the uh, minor buffs for, I think, uh, physical resistances, which is maybe a spell resistance. I don't know. It's one of them. But, uh, but yeah, that, it was really important that you had, like, a Stamplar in your group because that was, like, the only way to get that, da that uh, debuff. And now, you know, if you have the right morph of uh, the Puncture, it, that's better. But when using a purifying light and power of the light, like the best way to like really maximize your damage output is that you put it on 
and then you immediately follow with your crescent sweep or your empowering sweep and that's that's like the easiest way how to like really maximize that damage especially in pvp like if they don't die from your you know sweep and jabs you're guaranteed to like have that as an execute on top of you know any other execute that you might use so all right so next up we have eclipse envelop an enemy in a lightless sphere for four seconds that harms them with growing intensity Anytime they use a direct damage attack, limited to one. Uh, their first attack reduces their movement speed by 30% for four seconds. Their second attack immobilizes them for three seconds. And their third attack stuns them for three seconds. And then the effects can activate once every one second. So you hit someone, you know, you're slowed. You hit someone again, you're uh, mobile, immobilized. Then you hit them for that third time. You're stunned and you get to break free. Your first morph is uh, Living Dark. And this uh, you now apply the ability to yourself and heals you when you take damage. And melee attackers are snared. And man, when you're fighting stand builds, and if you have that as like a magplar, it's <laughs> it can be great because it's like they can't hit you, but they want to hit you. And if they're spamming Dizzy Swing, sometimes you get one, two, three. And next thing you know, they stun themselves with Dizzy Swing. And then, you know, you kill them because they're stunned. And then the other morph is Unstable Core, which deals damage to the attacker and anyone near them when they trigger any of the effects. And if you're ever in PvP and you are come across, like, an Honor Guard, a Mage Guard, the Mender, they all put this bubble on you. It doesn't stun you or slow you. But any direct damage attack that you do, you do that same damage to yourself. And, or if you throw a dot, like let's say you throw Vampire's Bane at that Mage Guard or Honor Guard, you apply it on yourself and you die yourself up. And it's the most annoying thing you can have as a uh, you know, PvP player. It's the most annoying thing you can come across because it's like, come on, the Mender makes sense, right? It's a Templar, right? But the Honor Guard, that's a Draconite. It shouldn't have a Templar skill. And then you have the Mage Guard, which is a Sork. It also shouldn't have the uh, Templar skill. And it's all messed up. And, yeah. Very messed up. Yeah. Also, the amount of times that I've uh, javeled myself in the face, trying to, like, just do damage, and, like, up, oh, here's that bubble. Up, oh, I, I just ate my own javelin, and now I'm stunned. Great. Awesome. I love it. I don't love it. So for the last one of this skill tree, we have Radiant Destruction, the Execute for Templars. You burn away with a ray of holy fire, dealing 894 magic damage over 1.8 seconds. Deals up to 480% more damage to enemies below 50% health. And yeah, these numbers can sound kind of low, but believe me, when you get this up there, it goes through the roof. Plus, it's an execute, so it's dealing almost 500% more damage to enemies below 50%, which is a pretty solid stat right there, no lie. And it is very just rewarding to watch. You just shoot super ray out of your hand, just... I don't know. My sound effects are on point this episode. 
But um, you have two morphs, as always. Radiant Glory, you heal for a percentage of the damage inflicted. Or Radiant Oppression, where you deal more damage in proportion to your current Magicka. And let's be real, when you're in Execute, you don't have 100% magic. So we're going to go ahead and go with the first one, usually is what I go with, at least. All right, but yeah, I mean, that, that that's what I went with for my, for my healer. But I went with Radiant Oppression. Honestly, my more, my more uh, damage mag parts, or at least for uh, PvE or on PC. And And what I do is I pop a potion... And I do a heavy attack, and then I just spam it. It's not the most, you know, effective, but man, I like it. The numbers are insane, <laughs> especially since like that character, like my characters aren't like fully buffed out yet. And yeah, true, yeah. So for the passives of this line, we have Rays, which increases the duration of your Sunfire, Eclipse, Solar Flare, and Nova abilities by 2 seconds. Then we also have Prism. Casting a Dawn's Wrath ability while in combat generates 3 ultimate. This effect can occur once every second. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. The next one is, uh, you know, I have, like, I think 30% more... Uh... Bow damage, so it's awesome. And then you have Restoring Spirit, which reduces the health, magicka, stamina, and ultimate cost of all your abilities by 5%, which is really, really awesome, especially if you're a Breton or a Red Guard. Yeah, and you're wearing False God or the stamina version of False God that came out before False God, but I don't play stamina classes, so I don't know what it's called. I think it's called Vicious Something like that. Yeah. Yep, yep. Alright, so last skill tree here for the Templars. We got Restoring Light. Starts off with the ultimate Rite of Passage. Channel the Grace of the Gods. Healing you and your nearby allies for 1,866 health every one second for four seconds. You cannot move while channeling. But you gain immunity to all disabling effects. That's right. You can't be stunned, which is awesome. Yeah, you can't be stunned while you stand there. I mean, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I mean, you're you're a okay, healing god for four seconds. All right. <laughs> yeah, but you can't be stunned. Okay, dog. So the morphs we have: remembrance, gain major protection after casting, reducing your damage taken. That's awesome. Or practiced incantation. Increases the duration of the channel 8 seconds. Ooh, man. That doubles the time. Or it um, gains minor protection after casting. Oof, that's a tough one. But this is a... Uh, this is an awesome ultimate. It's the big healing ultimate. If you see someone just standing there like super like praying it up, they're doing the ultimate. Yeah, but uh, as far as like the Morse go, uh, practicing incantation is one that I think most people go with. These ones eight seconds, but also there's a passive that like just makes you super god. Like on top of that, and yeah, it's pretty great. But for the uh, first skill, we have rush ceremony, 
and you beacon your inner light, healing yourself or a wounded ally in front of you for 1,200 health. All right, so the first morph is Honor the Dead, and you're, for friends, part of the abilities cost when you used to heal an injured target, and they have to be below 75% health, which is pretty, you know, chances are if you're going to use that skill, they're definitely going to be underneath 75% health. But, uh, yeah. And then the other morph is Breath of Life, which heals the second target for one-third of the amount. And Breath of Life, it does a lot of damage. It's your burst heal. So one-third of the amount is probably still a burst heal for somebody else, too, as long as it's not the tank. I mean, even for the tank, it's probably, like, at least 10k, but... Yeah, Breath of Life is definitely one of those things. It's like, it's awesome in PvP. It's great in PvE. And, you know, it's called Breath of Life spam because, well, you spam Breath of Life and you can live for a decent amount of time afterwards. Especially, you know, when you're holding on to like the Chaos Ball or you're just trying to not die in a keep. Like, it's great. I like it. I love it. I use it. Oh, yeah. He loves it. Yeah, everyone loves it. Unless if you're trying to kill that person. So then we have healing ritual where you focus your spiritual devotion, healing you and your nearby allies for 924 health. Now this costs 5,265 magicka. So these are the clap heals and they're a little bit costy. You have two morphs, Ritual of Rebirth. You heal a single ally outside the ally's radius. Or Hasty Prayer. The allies gain Minor Expedition, which is 15% movement speed for 5 seconds. And, yeah, this is just not really the best one anymore, so... It used to be amazing. I used to love using it. You know, especially, like, you just tap it, like, yep, we're, we're God, or like... You know, we're fast people for like five seconds and it's a burst heal and heal everyone. It was great. It didn't do as quite as much health as it, you know, does now. But at that time, it's, you know, you could also spam it. So, yeah. Now, you're out of magic after four uses. <laughs> All right. The next one is restoring aura. You champion the cause of divine glory to apply a minor magicka seal to all enemies around you for 20 seconds, causing you and your allies to restore 168 magicka every one second when damaging them. While slotted, you gain minor fortitude, minor endurance, and minor intellect. Increases your health, stamina, and magicka recovery by 20%. And then your first morph is Radiant Aura, which increases the radius to 28 meteors. Or, yeah, Repentance, which no longer applies minor magic. You have Repentance, which no longer applies magic and magic seal on activation. Instead, you consume corpses to restore health and stamina. And then you can also cure your allies with it. And Repentance is definitely something really big for Stamplars or tanks. It's definitely interesting. Yeah. I like the concept of uh, repentance, but I wish it was like a magic, it would restore magic too. You know, mainly because, you know, I play Magplar. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I do like Radiant Aura too, because I do like having the 20% recovery and being able to apply my inner magic seal on everyone. It's like, up, oh, I'm here. Here, have my inner magic seal. All right, we're good. <laughs> we're good. And. 
We have cleansing ritual up next, where you exalt in the sacred light of the Adria, cleansing up to two harmful effects from yourself immediately, and healing you and nearby Alamite. Why do I keep saying Alamites? <laughs> and nearby allies for 499 health every two seconds for 12 seconds. So that's six ticks of health. Allies in the area can activate the Purify Synergy, cleansing all harmful effects from themselves and healing for 1263 health. So what this really is is just a big, you know, awesome Templar Purify, which is nice to have. Your Morse Ritual of Retribution, the area now harms enemies who enter it rather than healing allies. The damage increases over the duration. Or Extended Ritual, where it increases the duration of the amount of harmful effects cleansed from yourself, which is definitely the way Dog would go. No, the way I would go is Ritual of Retribution, but then they changed the morph on me. They made it so that now I cannot uh, heal, get healed, and do damage to Bob when I, when we're, whenever we're dueling. And it means like now my circle of protection is gone, especially when he's on a mag blade. And it's like, oh well, you sit, you sat for my circle. You got, you take damage, and you're uncloaked. And yeah, I was salty about that change, mainly because you know it was really only effective for doing damage against Bob, but yeah, or any nightblade, because nightblades are annoying and stealthy. But yeah, now I use extended ritual, and it is better. You know, being able to cleanse everything pretty much is great. Instead of only the two. And yeah. Alright. So the last skill in here is rune focus. You create a rune of celestial protection. While active. The rune grants you major resolve. Increases your physical and spell resistances. By 5948. Standing within the rune. Also increases your resistances. By 50%. Then you have channeled focus. Which restores magicka. And you have Restoring Focus, which restores Stamina. And the cool thing about uh, those is, like, if you're a tank, and let's say you're blocking with your Sword and Shield bar, if you have Restoring Focus down and you're standing in, in it, you're, you still get, I think, 240 Stamina a second. So you still get Stamina back. Same thing with, like, if you're using an Ice Staff, and you're blocking, and you're using Channeled Focus, you still get your Magicka back. So definitely interesting and kind of situational on what you need it for if you're a samplar you probably use you know restoring focus because you want stamina if you're a magplar you use the other one because you want magica if you're a tank then go with your heart that's what i have to say and those are the awesome skills where it really gives you the option you know what i'm saying yeah it's not like well you have channel focus but your source magica and stamina or you have restoring focus, which is just garbage. And it's like, well, I am clearly going to go with the one that's awesome and not the one that's garbage. And yeah. And yeah, I think that's awesome about the Templar. It's like, like everything is not really like some, some skills are situational, but a lot of them, it's like both morphs have their uh, purpose. They're not like, well, we don't know what to do, so here you go. Here's this garbage morph, like some of the uh, 
Destro staff abilities and skills have, and those morphs. Could you click any more while you're talking? No, I can't. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a thing, all right? <laughs> it's a thing. Okay, so to stop dogs clicking, let's get into these last passives. First one, we have Mending, which increases the healing effects from your Restoring Light abilities by up to 12% in proportion to the severity of the target's wounds, which means how low their health is. The next one is Sacred Ground, which, uh, while standing in your own Cleansing Ritual, Rune Focus, or Rite of Passage area effects, and for up to four seconds after leaving them, you gain Minor Mending, increases your healing done by 8%. Also increases the amount of damage you can, you can block by 10% for the duration. And they recently added that little last part because, well, it used to be that it slowed enemies that would come in, which are like, yeah, that kind of was OP and broken. And they put on that second part, which I actually like because it makes, uh, that used to be something that really only the DK tank had. And now the Templar tank also has that extra little like buff for them. So, yeah. And then we have Light Weaver. When you heal an ally under 50% health with the Restoring Light ability, you grant them two ultimate. When you are channeling Rite of Passage, you gain 33 thousand physical resistance is that right jeez yes pretty much whenever you use that ultimate that's why i said you know major protection really doesn't matter chances are you have at least 18k resistances on top of 33k like Dang, even if someone applies major and minor breach on you chances are you're still a probably about the uh perfect uh what is it the perfect like armor cap where you're still at max resistances and you're still healing for more than they can outdo damage to you and you're healing all your friends nearby well all your group members now because you can't heal your friends in Cyrodiil right like I think that also makes it why it's like up with someone's healing it's like you just you should start heavy attacking at that point because it's like you know for 8 seconds you really can't kill them because they're just healing for a whole lot and if you even if you get someone down close, it's like, oh, well, you have sacred ground, which uh, you have. They have the mending passive where guess what? When you get them down lower, they uh, have 12 percent more healing done. And it's just even more stronger heals, which. Yeah, stronger heals all around pretty much for the Templars. That's how it goes. So did you get to their last passive here? Uh, No, not yet. But the last one is Master Ritualist, which increases the resurrection speed by 20%. Resurrected allies return with 100% more health, and it gives you a 50% chance to uh, fill an empty soul gem after each successful resurrection. That last part is more just like a bonus. Like, oh, hey, you have empty soul gems? Guess what? You uh, resurrect someone? Then, great. Here's a soul gem. They don't even have to accept it, so you don't actually lose a soul gem. So. Like, someone declines it, you're like, well, you gave me a soul gem, and you're still dead. And I'm going to leave you now, because this is Cyrodiil, and I have places to be. I need to go get those ticks. Huh. That is also how it goes. So, 
that is the Templar for you guys. We really tried to uh, do our opinion on uh, pretty much each skill and uh, thing that they really have going on. We are going to talk a little bit more about them before we wrap it up here. We're going to go over the uh, inherent kind of builds you could do with the Templar. Not too much. Uh, of course, Dogged will have you know a pretty good deal to say about Magplars, I'm sure. But we're going to start real quick with the, uh, the Stamplars and the Tankplars because... Uh, especially with tank players, not something you really may see that often. Um, they're, I'd say they're more popular in PvP, especially with like the Blazing Shield build. But you never know. You could find tank Templars as well. They could be really good, like hybrid kind of, uh, you know, tanks that could heal and tank or, uh, you know, do something like that. What do you think about uh, t- Templar tanks, dog? Well, uh, yeah, like for the tanks, you can always just apply uh, what, practice incantation, which is you know really strong heal, even if you don't have much spell damage for eight seconds. And that, on top of like you being a tank, you're not gonna die. And your friends, it's like they're gonna have a decent amount of healing with you. And yeah, you know, I have for that. Uh, you know, Breton Templar tank, which, you know, use Evan and Battlefield Acrobat because Templars use a lot of Magicka. I need a lot of Magicka skill reduction. So, yeah. But uh, that, that's the other thing is like temp- Templar tanks is that they use a lot of Magicka over stamina. So it's uh, you really have to focus on how you build up your pools of stamina and Magicka. You definitely want to have stamina as your max, but. The way how I have my uh, tank set up is that uh, my stamina bar, when I'm on a sword and shield, if I activate a synergy, like shards or orb, that gives me stamina. If I'm on my ice staff, that gives me magicka. So. Yeah, so that's, you know, how it goes for tanking. But there's a lot of other options. Also, we got the Stamplar, which me and Dog will definitely agree upon. Um, it's probably the most classed identified stamina build, especially for PvP. There are other ones that, you know, are close, but definitely this one is a big one for class identification and when you go to stamina, because it's not just uh, dizzy, 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 dizzy swing all day long in PvP and then executioner, executioner, executioner. You know, you got jabs, you've got your ultimate, and you got your uh, execute. Yeah, a lot of different class abilities that could really change the game for you. Although, you know, let's be honest, right? If you're fighting a Stamplar, then, they're, yeah, they're probably going jab, 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 executioner, executioner, executioner. <laughs> but hey, at least, yeah. at least they're jabbing you first, right? They're not just like straight up dizzy swinging you the whole time or straight up execution you the whole time. Yeah, or whirlwind, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, if we're spinning to win or... uh they probably have like that one power, the light, or whatever the stamina one is. So you know, they have some different stuff going on for them. It's great. So yeah, man, that's uh, it's gonna wrap up that. And uh, we've got healing and magicka builds, which healing goes perfectly with magplars. And these are dogs' literal favorite build in Elder Scrolls Online. So uh, before we wrap the entire episode up here, 
dogged. I'm going to let you take it away, man. Magplars and healing on Templars. Go ahead and lay it out for him. All right. Well, you know, healing. Healing is always great. And uh, the thing with healing is that you can, like, there's different ways how you can stack your healing, right? You can do healing done, or you can do Max Magica, or you can do spell damage. And the best way to, you know, really get your thing is, as uh, it took me about, like, two, three years to perfect, is that if you have a nice equivalent of both and all three, you really do a heck of a lot of damage. And your heals are super strong. So healers are obviously, you know, the best healing class in the game. Although, you know, Warden's pretty good too. Probably a very close second. Uh, Templars have those quick revives, which is really nice for PvP or PvE, especially in Syria when you can just go revive, 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 and it really, you know, it really changes the whole battlefield. The nice thing about the Templar healer is that it has the uh, Purify heal, which is a lot better than using Purge or Cleanse because the Purify heal doesn't cost as much. It costs about half or so, which is great for Magicka and Sustain. And then, you know, on like Magicka, I always build my healer as like a Magicka DPS because like they just, they work so well uh, together as, you know, Bob was saying with his uh, Emperor. And one of the things that I like the most about the Templar is, you know, the spears and the light damage. So that's kind of what made it my favorite class. And, you know, one of my builds is the uh, what I call as the AoE Destroyer. And this is uh, my DPS Magflyer on Xbox. And it uses Solar Barrage, Shards, Elemental Blockade, and Sweeps, all for AoE damage. And then I use dots like Vampire Bane and T-Generation to buff myself. Then I use Ultimates of Meteor and Crescent Sweep. And no way is this uh, build, like, meta or... I mean, I guess it is pretty meta, but uh, it's not like it's not like optimized for DPS or trials because at the end of the day, I I've never really been someone who's really cared about optimization or you know min maxing. So that was something that I kind of ignored and created myself and have fun with it. Now, there's one last build that, you know, I kind of want to talk about, and it's the Bomplar. This is the one that I saw two years ago, and this is kind of how I uh, learned how to, like, kind of build my Templar. And this was from my significant other at the time. And, man, it was effective. Like, the amount of times that she would have, like, bombed so many people against AD and DC groups is just, like, I hate to see, you know, DC groups die, but, man. The use of of uh, spinners, vicious death, and Balorg or Earthcore, because you know at the time it actually healed a whole group of people instead of just one person, and yeah, it was a great little combo, and that's kind of how I tried it out. And for a little while, that's actually what I ended up using. And yeah, I think that's actually why I like Templar so much, is because. I was given this great build to start with, and then I was able to take that build and make it in something my own and work away with it. So, and uh, yeah, that wraps up my monologue about Templars. So, yeah. All right. With that, you ready to wrap it up?
Yeah, I you know completed my whole monologue. So, thank you guys for chilling with us. Uh, we went as deep into the Templars as we can, and uh, you knew it was going to be a dog heavy episode because that dude is heavy on Templars. I was like ninety thousand Templars you have now. I'm just kidding. It's always it thirty. All right. That's yeah. <laughs> Game well, I knew there was at least eight on PC, so <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you see it. All right, so where can the people find us if they want to come tell us how uh, great Templars are and how you should make more? All right, we can find us on Twitter of at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Creator. You can find us on our Xbox Guild of Airs the Red Diamond. You can also find us on our uh, PC Guild of Airs the Red Diamond as well. And you can join those using the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. And if you check our show notes, you can find links to all our awesome sponsors, to the one and only ESO-hub.com, where you can find literally anything you need to know about scrolls, including all the different sets, what's in the luxury vendor this week, what's on the pledges today, all that good stuff. And our music producer, Daniel Nisley, who continues to pump out awesome beats on a daily basis. Plus, if you guys go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with some words, we will gladly, gladly, gladly shout it out on the podcast for you, as we did earlier for Joe Mapa 73 Now, dog, if they want to hit you up, where can they find you? Where you can find me on Xbox, ESOPC, Twitter, all of that dog bark twenty four, and yeah, I'm nice and easy that way. Unlike you know Bob's stuff over here. Oh no, because you can find me on ESO, Twitter, or Twitch, all at Bob underscore Chichinsky, or on Xbox at Bob Chichinsky myself. And we thank you guys once again very much for hanging out with us for episode fifty one. We'll be back next week for episode 52. Enjoy the Gates of Oblivion reveal. Oh, yeah. I guess that's as excited as I can get. <laughs> we'll catch you guys later. Yep. And as you're enjoying the, you know, the reveal, make sure that you're playing the godly Templars because they're godly and awesome and awesome and godly. And yeah. Bye, guys. <laughs> See ya. Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Following is a public service announcement from the Starter Set Dungeons and Dragons podcast. This is your D&D campaign. This is the Starter Set podcast. You know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs. So it's Howl's Moving Castle mm-hmm. with a face. Mm. Hey there. And great mandibles. Because <laughs> one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. Plop. This is your D&D campaign after listening to the Starter Set Podcast. So join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set Podcast for prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions? <laughs>